The first reading comes from Acts chapter 10, verses 34 to 43. This can be found on page 1104 and on the screens in front of you. That's Acts chapter 10, beginning at verse 34. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts men from every nation who fear him and do what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, telling the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all those who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The second reading is taken from Mark, chapter 16, verses 1 to 8, and can be found on page 1024 of your Bibles next to you. 1024, and that's Mark 16, verses 1 to 8. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, the mo- Mary, the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, Who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. This is the word of the Lord. Three women set off in the dark. The darkness of the night, the darkness of their loss. They can hardly see the path in front of their eyes. Putting one footstep in front of another is so hard. They're going through the rituals of grief, phoning the undertaker and the vicar, as it were, 
clearing out the clothes, ordering the flowers. They need to take their spices to the tomb to, to honor their beloved. But they can scarcely bear to see his face so horribly mutilated and to admit once more the reality of the terrible moment of two days before. Three women set off in the dark and on the way the sun begins to rise. They don't see hope in that moment, only more fears and questions. Who will move the huge stone? How will they find the strength to carry out their tasks of mourning? Can you remember the pitch blackness of grief? The end of a relationship? The loss of someone very close? For me, it's long ago. But for some here, it's happening right now. We cannot see the way ahead. We are winded and stunned. Only the routines and the rituals of mourning and daily life keep us going. Who will move away the huge boulder of our grief? Three women arrive at the tomb of Jesus and look up. Astounded, they see that the huge barrier of grief has been rolled away. A young man, perhaps a fellow disciple, perhaps a young curate in a surplus, perhaps an angel, speak words of sunrise into their darkness. They are astonished and amazed. Confused and alarmed, they can't take in his words. That happens to us too, doesn't it? People speak words of hope, words of promise, but we can't take them in. We need to hold on at least to those words and remember them because they are words of life and they will slowly percolate in. How much is packed into that young man's short phrase? An observation, a testimony, an invitation, a command, a message. You are looking for Jesus. He isn't here. He has risen. See for yourself. Now go and share this wonderful news with your friends. They will soon see Jesus. It takes time for the sun to rise and make sense of what cannot be seen or understood in the darkness. It took time for the women to break the silence of grief shock, confusion, and fear, to tell the disciples what they had seen and to pass on the message that they had received. It took time for Peter, to whom they gave that message. Peter, Jesus' disciple who had denied and, and left Jesus. It took time for him to understand and believe, to be forgiven to trust himself and to love again 
and to begin to share his story confidently. It takes time for us to realize that our own Good Friday, in the darkness of confusion or grief or fear, that Christ's love, Christ's power, Christ's resurrection life are breaking in with hope. In this gospel reading that we heard today, we don't get the glorious stories of Jesus meeting with the disciples, their eyes opening, their jaws dropping, and their grief melting away in the wonder and joy of their meeting. Some scholars think that Mark never intended to tell those stories, but with uh, Bishop and uh, Bible scholar Tom Wright, I just can't believe that. Mark gives so many explicit references and pointers to the crucifixion and the resurrection in Jesus' prophetic promises to his disciples. It's unbelievable that he wouldn't have been just as explicit about the resurrection as he was about the crucifixion. I've no doubt that Mark intended a conclusion in which that resurrection meeting promised here took place. And the threads of his gospel are gloriously drawn together. A final page to his manuscript so tragically torn off and lost. But those last words of promise spoken to these three women speak promise of hope and life to us too. He is going ahead of you and there you will see him just as he promised you. Does this coming year seem to you dark and frightening? Jesus is going ahead of you. That's the message. Do you feel confused and alone? There you will see him. Do you feel abandoned and unsure? He has promised you. Are you wondering what Christ's vision is for your life, for this church? Are you wondering how you can live up to his calling? Are you asking yourself how you can find strength to face this afternoon, let alone tomorrow and the term to come? He is going ahead of you, and there you will see him just as he promised. Let me give the last word to Jesus sorry, to Peter, the disciple, for whom the women were given this message. Well, Peter heard that message. He determined not to give up on his Lord, despite the destruction of all his hopes. He decided to go on, after all, to Galilee, as he was commanded. Though it was far from the empty tomb, and even if it was just to seek solace in a previous lifestyle, fishing as he had always known. Nevertheless, he went. And there he met with his risen, living, physically alive Lord. There he met with Jesus, just as had been promised to him. And there he heard the longed-for words of forgiveness and trust. Feed my sheep. If you will hold fast to your faith through your own black Saturday, you too will meet with your Lord in the place and time of his choosing. 
you too will hear the words that your soul so profoundly needs. Words of love, of forgiveness, of value, of purpose. Feed my lost sheep. Nurture my lambs. Find my sheep. In my name, change the world. You too will discover, rediscover, hope and joy. You too will be able to share what you have received. As Peter says, some months later, for God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he has commanded us to testify that he is the one whom God has chosen and appointed as judge of the living and the dead. And everyone who believes in him will, like me, receive forgiveness of sins in his name. The darkness has gone. The day has come. He is not here. He is risen. Alleluia. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Well, I invite you, if you will, to stand and to say with me words of faith, words of affirmation of Jesus' love, his life, his death, and his resurrection for us. The words will be on the screen behind me. Easter, a day to affirm our faith. And so we say together, Do you believe and trust in God the Father, source of all being and life, the one for whom we exist? We believe and trust in him. Do you believe and trust in God the Son, who took our human nature, died for us, and rose again? We believe and trust in him. Do you believe and trust in God the Holy Spirit who gives life to the people of God and makes Christ known in the world? We believe and trust in him. This is the faith of the church. This is our faith. We believe and trust in one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The risen Christ came and stood among his disciples and said to them, Peace be with you. Then were they glad when they saw the Lord. The, the peace of Christ, the peace of the risen Christ be always with you. So shall we 